Hello and welcome to the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. I'm Siobhan Booth and I am your host. This podcast is for anyone with an interest in mental health, overcoming anxiety and building confidence. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. This week I am talking about how anxiety affects the way that we communicate with other people and the way that makes us treat other people. So I've talked many times before and have a look back over previous podcasts um, because I've talked a lot about the link between thoughts, feelings and actions. Now, the simple way of explaining that is that things that we think lead us to feel certain ways and then those feelings lead us to take certain actions. Now, anxiety itself can lead to a huge range of different actions. The most common one being avoidance. So we avoid the thing that we're scared of. But it can be a huge range of different things that we do, um, all the way up to really quite serious things like substance abuse. Now, in this particular episode, I'm going to focus on how anxiety affects the way that we communicate and treat other people. There are two main aims of this, really. The first one is so that you can hopefully understand other people a little bit more. So that when their behaviours upset you, you can understand and maybe show a bit more compassion for why it is they might be behaving in that way. But secondly, so that if you're somebody who does actually do some of the stuff that I'm going to be talking about, you can firstly understand why you do them and then hopefully see how you might be able to change it. It's really important that if you are struggling with anxiety, that you do take steps to change these behaviours that I'm going to be talking about, because it will drastically improve the way in which people perceive you and the way in which people respond to you as well. So communication. What is communication? The way that we communicate with people is generally through our language, the words that we choose to use, the tone of our voice and also our body language as well. The extent to which each of these aspects of communication is important depends on a number of things. So things like um, ethnicity, the way you're brought up, um, whether you're deaf or blind, these things can all change which of these things are more important to you personally. Now, the key thing is that all of these aspects are important. And as over your lifetime, you will be communicating with lots of different people who maybe prefer different aspects of communication. It's really important that you consider all of these different things. So I'm going to talk to you today about three different styles of communication. Now, in order to illustrate the impact of anxiety and to keep things simple, I'm going to talk about the main three styles of communication. So passive, assertive and aggressive. Now, there are obviously more and there are some crossover between the different styles, um, but I'm just going to stick with these three to keep things simple. Now, passive communication is characterised by being very compliant, very submissive, not talking very much, being quite vague, using non-committal language, putting themselves down and praising other people. Assertive communication is when actions and your expressions fit with the words that you're speaking. You're firm but polite, clear messages and really respectful of both yourself and other people. Aggressive communication is very sarcastic, quite harsh, always right, superior, know-it-all, interrupts people, talking over other people, 
critical, putting people down, patronising, disrespectful of others. Now, in an ideal world, everybody would use assertive communication. This has the best chance of being accepted by others. It can resolve differences of opinion effectively. And generally speaking, it's just the, the ideal place to be. If everybody communicated in an assertive way, then things would be a lot simpler for everyone. But what tends to happen really is that we all do a mixture of these different styles, depending on the situation, depending on other people, depending on how we're feeling that day. So the first thing really is to build some self-awareness and really have a think about which of those styles you use in different situations. Don't be upset or offended if you do flip between different styles because that's perfectly normal. But have a think about which one you display in what situation and in response to what. Work out a little bit what triggers you to go into different communication styles. Now the question is what leads to these different styles? Why do some people choose to act in a passive way uh, when we all know that assertiveness is the best option? Well, generally speaking, different styles are preceded by different thoughts and different feelings. Hence why at the start I made a big thing about the thoughts, feelings, actions link. So for aggressive communication styles, this is usually brought about by feelings of unfairness, or a perception of a threat of some sort. Whereas a more passive style, this can be more of a dissociative approach. So the person believes that they'll never get their own way and so just accepts what everybody else wants. Doesn't really want to take responsibility for decisions, doesn't really want to get too involved, doesn't want to get hurt, just doesn't want to do it. And really it all comes down to what you believe about yourself in the situations. So for somebody who defaults to a passive style, their basic belief is that somebody else is okay, I'm not okay. So what you tend to find with these people is that they have no opinion other than that of the other person. And they, they basically believe that the other person is always more important, so it doesn't matter what they think anyway. Someone who defaults to a more assertive style has much more of an equal belief so they believe they're okay and also the other person is okay as well. So their beliefs are based around all of the individuals involved being equal. Each one deserves the same respect and is no more entitled than anybody else to have things done their own way. And this is a really important part about being able to compromise because if you are somebody who thinks that the other person is always right, then you'll always go along with them. If you think that you're always right, then you'll always want things your own way. And there has to be a middle ground. So somebody who defaults to a more aggressive style has the belief that they're okay, but the other person is not. So they believe that they are entitled to have things done their way, the way they want it to be done. Because they are right, and other people and their needs are less important. Now, different types of people respond differently to the different styles, and you can often get a mixture of responses as well. So often aggressiveness will be met with more aggressiveness, um, because when somebody treats us aggressively, we feel like it's unfair, so we then become aggressive too. Most of us will have experienced this in arguments, so don't feel embarrassed if that's the case, it's quite normal. Sometimes a person being aggressive can make another person passive in response to that aggressiveness. This is often seen in bullying. 
So the bully justifies their actions because they're better than the victim. And the victim becomes as passive as possible, usually to avoid being subjected to further abuse. Now, the sad thing is about this cycle is the more passive um, the victim becomes, the more aggressive the bully becomes. So sometimes also passiveness can elicit an aggressive response in somebody. So for somebody who um, is more prone towards aggressiveness, they can see it as a way of avoiding responsibility um, or to doing and making a decision in a situation. So a common example that I get um, talked to about a lot in clinic is particularly amongst couples. And it can be a really simple thing such as one person asking the other what they want for dinner. And the person responds with, I don't mind, whatever you want. This can bring about a really aggressive response in the person who's asked because they can feel really unfairly treated, like it suddenly becomes their responsibility to think up and put the mental effort into deciding what to have for dinner. And it sounds like a really innocuous and simple thing, but sometimes in relationships particularly, these little things can become really quite severe. So that can be an example of where a passive response can elicit an aggressive response. Whereas, of course, in an ideal situation, both people would have been behaving assertively, whereas one person would have asked, what do you want? And the other person would have said, I'm not actually sure at the moment, or I'll have a think about what I'd like, or here's some suggestions of things that I know I like. Is there anything that you would particularly fancy? That kind of cooperative, both people are OK kind of attitude. Sometimes even assertiveness can elicit a passive or assertive reaction. So if someone's being assertive, then it can lead another person to think, well, actually, they seem really confident, like they know what they're talking about. So I'm just going to go along with them. Sometimes a person can react aggressively to people being assertive, particularly if they see them as a threat to themselves. Now, I don't want to make a big deal about gender, but sometimes this is what can happen to women, because often women who are assertive are labelled as aggressive when actually they're just clearly stating what it is they want from a situation. And that can lead other people to react in quite an aggressive way because they feel threatened by this. Of course, there is the old patriarchal um, perception that women are supposed to be more passive. So just be aware when you're responding to the ways that people talk to you, be aware of what's triggering your response, because it's usually the thoughts about that person or the way that they're talking to you that elicits your response. And it might be that those thoughts aren't necessarily true. So how does anxiety affect all of these styles? Now, in my experience um, in clinic, and most of the people that I've worked with who struggle with anxiety tend to default to the passive communication style, generally speaking. Now, what can often happen is that, yes, they default to a passive style, um, but it gets to a point where it gets too much or they get to a tipping point and they suddenly flip into an aggressive style. This can be when they feel like they've been put upon for too long or they've been quiet for too long or they've kept how they feel to themselves for too long. And it suddenly tips into more of an explosive, angry, aggressive style instead. Of course, this is often then followed by feelings of guilt because most of the clients, well, all of the clients that I've worked with that have anxiety are generally speaking, really caring, kind, nice people. That's often what they have a lot of anxiety about. So when they have these outbursts, they feel incredibly guilty afterwards because they know it's not really them. 
Now the problem is that people who struggle with anxiety generally have quite low self-esteem and lack confidence in themselves. So anxiety is very, well, always I would say, accompanied by these issues of not having a positive self-belief. So they tend to have beliefs such as, I'm not good enough, or why would anyone want to listen to me, or I'm stupid, or I'm not very good at whatever, or I'm not very clever, or I mean there's literally millions, people have all sorts of different negative beliefs about themselves. And it's these self-beliefs that lead people to act in the ways that they do. Now, if you go onto my website on my homepage, so that's www.anxiety2confidence.com, and that's the number two, you can actually download an exercise that I've put together for you to find out what negative thoughts are impacting your personal communication style. So if you go onto my homepage, um, there's a little thing at the top on the right hand side where you can put in your name and your email address. Um, and what will happen then is you'll get access to a PDF file and you'll also get sent a video which will talk you through how to work out what negative beliefs you have that are making your anxiety worse. So I strongly recommend you go do that if you're listening to this because this is something that you struggle with. So interestingly, there are different consequences for each style. And if you regularly do any one of these styles, then you will recognize this as something that you feel most of the time. So for those people who default to a more passive style of communication, you'll find that you always give in to others, you never get what you want or need. And this leads to a lot of self-critical thoughts and generally just makes people miserable. You kind of can't live life like that. It's okay sometimes to give in to people when you feel like their need is greater or when it doesn't matter that much to you. But if it's something that you're doing all of the time, it can lead us to feel very miserable about ourselves. For people who default to a more assertive style, generally speaking, they'll find that they have good relationships with other people. They're generally happy to compromise. And so they tend to get good outcomes with the things that they want to do. For those people who default to a more aggressive style, they'll tend to find, unsurprisingly, that they'll make enemies, they'll upset people, but actually they're not happy themselves. So they'll feel really, really angry and resentful about things. I talked earlier in the episode about how um, the more aggressive communication style is linked to feelings of unfairness. Those feelings of unfairness can make someone feel really, really down so it's quite easy if you're a more passive person to think that aggressive people don't care about others um, and always get their own way and therefore are happier. But actually, they're not happy either. They tend to feel very angry and very resentful and they tend to find unfairness more often than people who are more assertive. So whichever end of the spectrum you are, think about how you can be more assertive. Think about how you can bring in that self-belief that you're OK you're entitled to your opinion and you're entitled to the outcome you want, but also so is the other person. You're both equal in this situation. And just think about how that might change the way that you behave. Now, make sure you tune in for next week, because next week I'm going to talk about how you can be more assertive and how you can make sure you come across more assertive so that when you're faced with issues that come up in communication, you're much better equipped as to how to deal with it in a way that will fit with your values. So still very polite and still very respectful, but is also not passive and not aggressive. 
So make sure you subscribe to the podcast and tune into next week's episode. And we'll be going through in detail the body language, um, the type of language you can use that will help you come across more assertively. Now, you've heard the old um, phrase, fake it till you make it. Um, There's an element of truth to that. I'm not going to go into detail about what I think about that statement, but there is an element of truth to that. So I'm going to talk you through ways in which you can actually practice being assertive so that it becomes more of a habit. In the meantime, I really hope you stay well and make sure you do download that exercise on my website because it will give you a really valuable insight into what it is you might be saying to yourself that will be making all of these things a lot worse. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. You can find more information and my extensive blog at www.anxietytoconfidence.com. That's the number two, anxietytoconfidence.com.